at the end of the day, we're on a path, there's a plan, and my story wasn't, wasn't at the end yet. And it got me thinking about Bill. I, I don't know if I could have done what he did. Hi, we are Colleen and Colleen, and we have made it our mission to spread kindness and make everyone feel like they belong. So each week we will share real life stories, motivating insights, and helpful tips that will inspire you to live a kinder, happier life. We believe that together we can make the world a much better place. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do this. Welcome to the You Fit Here podcast. Hi, everybody. I am so glad that you guys are back for another episode of You Fit Here. CB and I are having so much fun, and we love bringing you our little behind-the-scenes conversations, and we also are looking forward to sharing a lot more episodes just like the one you are about to hear, featuring people who inspire us. This week, I'm solo. Since CB lives in Chicago and I live in Indianapolis, we will be broadcasting and hosting and recording separately because we both have such amazing people in our lives and who knows where it can go from there. And we just want to spread all the goodness that we can. And I am just so excited to introduce to you all today a very good friend of mine and his name is Jeff Utzinger. So I'm sitting here in Jeff's home with him and I want to thank you so much for hosting me tonight and I can't wait for you to share with anybody who's listening thank you so much for listening your incredible story thanks Colleen well you're so welcome okay (laughs) I'm not going to talk that much or I'm going to try not to talk that much during this interview but I just want to very briefly before Jeff tells you his story just I want you to think about during this interview I want you to think Am I like Bill? Could I be like Bill? And I'm well aware that you don't know who Bill is or what that means, but I assure you, you will. And my hope is that you will want to be like Bill. And so that being said, I'm going to let Jeff take it from here. And Jeff, if you would be so kind as to take us back to the day when your life was changed forever. Yeah, thanks, uh, Colleen. So it's about two and a half years ago, June 20th, 2017 to be exact. Uh, It was a Tuesday morning and I went out for a run. I um, uh, exercise frequently. I went out for a a, a typical run and about two and a half miles into the run, I collapsed on the side of the road and just fell lifeless from what is now known as... Uh, what is now what we were told is sudden cardiac arrest. And Bill, who you referenced in the intro, saved my life. You have to be a faith. You have to believe in something to understand the chain of events that happened that day. What's interesting is I have no memory of the event. None. And I appreciate you not letting my wife in here because now I can make stuff up and (laughs) no one can fact check me. But I don't remember anything after the day before this happened, nor do I remember the four days in the hospital afterwards. So keep that in mind as I I tell the story, but I'm I'm pretty sure by now I have the the facts right. Um, And when I say you you have to have faith, it's, it's, there's some crazy things that happened um, that, that now it's just, it's almost mind blowing that they're, that there is this 
plan in place for us that we just we just don't realize when I explain kind of the the again the chain of events that day but it started off I woke up and and got my coffee put on my shoes and uh, my wife Christine had just gotten back from her run and we were talking a little bit and and right as I was leaving the door she said oh and by the way you can't go on the normal route that you usually go on um, here in Indianapolis, north side of Indianapolis, a lot of roundabouts being done and, <laughs> and roads were all torn up. And otherwise that would have gone a completely different way that morning. So I said, okay, to myself, I must have anyway, said, got to take a different route. Well, a couple miles in, like I said, two and a half miles in, I ended up running by my daughter, Jennifer, who was nannying for your kiddos that she's done the last few years. And they happened to be outside. This is about 930 in the morning. They were outside playing. It's a nice, nice middle of June day. And they were trying to get my attention and, and yelling at me to, to say hi. I had my headphones in, so I didn't hear them. And about 300 yards later is where I collapsed. I actually heard the sirens, didn't think a whole lot of it. So it's a little crazy to think about um, at that, and I'll come back to that in a, in a minute. Meanwhile, Bill, who lives in the neighborhood, we live in a big neighborhood, he left for work that, that morning and missed his turn that he always takes out of, uh, out of the neighborhood. And he thought, well, there's a couple other exits, so he'll just take the next, you know, take, go a different way. He came over the hill and, and down, the, down the street, and he saw... Um, a car stopped with a man standing over me and he pulled over, got out of his car and asked if everything was okay. And the man looked up from me and right at Bill and said, you need to call 911. This guy is not breathing. Bill made that call. He didn't hesitate. A couple minutes later, he's right over top of me talking to this, the 911 dispatcher um, who was going to walk him through CPR. He'd never been trained. He'd never had to do it. And she said, okay, we're going to, I'm going to walk you through CPR. You know, I got to pause here because it, it takes me back just to, to, to think about that. I've listened to this 911 tape dozens of times. And I got to tell you, Colleen, he was amazing. For somebody looking over a body that is lifeless, heart not beating, blue skin, eyes rolled back, and how calm he was under pressure is amazing. In fact, I, I think you know this, but the, the 911 dispatcher asked him how old I was, and he thought I was in my mid-60s. Not in my mid-60s. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, back to your question about being like Bill, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could have done what he did, but, but he did, thank God. It was about three and a half, four minutes of him doing CPR on me before the first responder a local police officer showed up. Fortunately for me and us, we live in a community where all police officers have an AED. They're the automatic external defibrillators that you see in airports and in cabinets, and they look like these scary machines. And, and, and it's actually very rare that first responders, police forces, all have them in their cars. And he pulled it out. He put the pads on me. And uh, it called for a shock. These things, the, the word automatic means just that. You know, it's not going to shock anybody that's not in cardiac arrest, right. meaning just electrical, the, 
the heart stopped beating. And that machine put about 180 joules of electricity through my body and got my heart started in the normal rhythm or back into a normal rhythm. I was still unconscious. CPR continued. About three minutes later, the EMT showed up. And why that's important is, so that's about seven minutes from the time of the 911 call to when the EMT would have been there, who all have these defibrillators. But if that Carmel police officer, that local police officer wouldn't have had one, you know, I, I'm, I'm not here talking to you. It's um, a matter of life and death. And, and I can get on my soapbox pretty easily here, Colleen. You can keep me, <laughs> keep me honest here and keep me, keep me focused. But there's, it's 7% survival rates. And there's 3% survival rates from cardiac arrest that when they're unwitnessed, like mine was. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's a miracle, which took me months and months to get, you know, really a fully... Um, to fully grasp. So the EMT comes, take me to the, the closest emergency room, and um, the cop had my phone, jogging with my phone, but it was locked. Get my phone locked. Didn't have ID on me. And so the story is, is not to scare anybody that, you know, from, from going out and going on a run, but I would suggest that you keep your phone unlocked or you carry ID with you because you never know what could happen. So the police officer saw the screenshot of my kids and thought, well, someone will try to call them relatively soon, but I was admitted as a John Doe because you know there was no way for them to know who I was. Christine was at work and her phone system ended up being down. They spent most of the morning trying to get it back and going and they thought they had it. So she said, well, I'll call Jeff and see if the phones work. So caller ID comes or she calls my phone and the police officer looks at it, sees Christine and says hi christine and of course who's this and a little bit of back and forth and he said there's been an accident your husband is is in the hospital and you need to to get here as soon as you can we don't know what happened but looked like he was out for a run you need to get here she gets to the hospital they put her into a room and the cops to the people come in and a few people and tell her we we don't know what happened, but he's he's getting tests right now. They're afraid it was a stroke, something with his brains. He's back there with a cat for to undergo a cat scan, uh, but that was their fear that it was a stroke. Meanwhile, the the chaplain came in and asked if she wanted to pray with Christine, and uh, of course Christine took her up on it, and and she'll tell you that she cashed her cashed all her chips in with with God that that morning. Um, the results came back. There was a little bit of relief because there, it was not a stroke. My brain was good, at least from what they could tell. And so now it just became a waiting game. So there was some relief, but then it was, well, what the heck happened? So they took me to the heart hospital. It was a lot of, I'm sorry, we just, we just don't know. You know, hopefully when and if he wakes up, he'll be able to tell us something. Maybe he can shed some light on what happened but you know they said christine just hang in there um they painted a pretty grave picture because they had no idea you know they said it could be days it could be weeks it could be just there's there's no telling right i mean medic medicine's a science but a lot of times it's it's not an exact science so they just didn't know but they said keep talking to him he can hear you keep talking to him so she sat at my bedside and, and continued to talk to me. Meanwhile, um, my two older kids, family brought them in. And it was when I heard their voices that I started to try to wake up. 
I fought at the restraints. I wanted to wake up after hearing their voices. Something triggered when I heard them. And they asked me three questions. What year is it? 2014. Who's president? Barack Obama. So I'm 0 for 2 now. <laughs> and then he asked me, do you know who this is? And I looked at her and smiled and said, that's my wife, Christine. Thank goodness. Right. I got the, I got the important one right. Yeah. Especially since she just put all her chips right. on the table. That's right. That's right. She deserved me to, to recognize her. And it was uh, testing, a battery of tests later, uh, those next few days in the hospital that, again, I don't remember. Stress tests, they got me on a treadmill, all kinds of things, just to find out what had happened. My heart was fine. No clot, no artery problems, no heart, no, it was not a heart attack. And to this day, Colleen, it is, there's no medical reason or physical reason that this happened to me. So I got home and the recovery process began. The questions continued to gnaw at me of how did this happen? Why did this happen? Even in the hospital, again, this is what I was told. There's no way this happened. I mean, so much for working out and taking good care of myself. I mean, and I would get pretty agitated, but I, I was, I was frustrated when I should be thankful. And that's, that's the thing with this, you know, I, there are so many tragedies, so many situations people go through where people battle and they fight, whether it's cancer, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. And, and here I am one in a million and should be so lucky and I do feel lucky, um, of course. It was so hard to be immediately thankful because I just, I had no memory. I had no, it was, it's, it's really hard. It's hard to explain as I'm proving. Um, but to be that thankful immediately instead of questioning things. Like I, I hadn't had time to sit and pray or sit and ponder or sit and, you know, if I just get through this, I, I will be a different person. It was, it happened so fast literally blink of an eye so it took me a while it, it took me a while and because there was no physical or medical reason again to this day there's no reason it happened from a scientific standpoint I'm left with the spiritual side of of those questions on why that happened I had lunch with our priest father Pat I wanted some answers from him surely a priest could give me some answers from the spiritual side of you know how and why this happened. A lot of pressure for, for a priest, but, you know, although he didn't have the answers for me, you know, you mentioned Colleen in, in your previous, uh, you, you sharing your story about the gratitude and having, but sometimes you get caught in the everyday and cause you're human, I think is what you said. So I asked him, you know, how can I still get upset at a traffic jam or my wife driving? Cause I couldn't drive for six months, you know, taking me to work or when George does something, you know, our youngest does something, how I, I should be the most laid back, nothing should bother me ever anymore. But as you mentioned, and what, what Father Pat, what I, I got my head around was, you know, you're human, it doesn't change. These things don't change how you're hardwired or your, you know, the, the, the natural order of, of things and emotions. He said, but Jeff, you, you've learned something now that, that most people, it takes our lives to learn and some people never really grasp it. And that is, we're not in control. We're not in control. And that's really hard to hear for a control freak. 
Yes, I'm sure. I'm not a control freak. I was. I've always been one to, um, you know, A-type personality and driven and um, took the jobs with the most money and the whether, you know, even if that came with travel and it just, um, you know, oddly enough, I was in between jobs when this happened. And, you know, I didn't feel stressed because I had things worked out financially and whatnot. But if I wouldn't have been in between jobs, I would have been running at 6 a.m. when it was dark out and there's no way anybody would have seen me. But if I was working, maybe I wouldn't have collapsed in the first place. So you can just, it's, it's the questions, you know, go round and round. But I will, I will take a pause here um, and just say that that control piece, that learning, you know, sure, make good decisions, you know, be a good person, be kind, all of those things that are in our control. Of course, you need to do that. But at the end of the day, we're on a path. There's a plan. And my story wasn't, wasn't at the end yet. And it got me thinking about Bill. You know, when, when Christine finally got to talk to Bill, when I was in the hospital, my whole family met him. Great guy. If anyone's going to save your life. <laughs> I got lucky with, I got lucky with Bill, uh, for sure. We would have been great friends if we would have met in, under any other circumstances. But when Christine talked to him, she said, you know, are you the man who saved my husband's life? And he just asked her, are you a believer? He said, I was just doing God's work that day. I didn't get to meet him for a couple of weeks afterwards, um, after the event. You found him. Well, Christine asked me to. <laughs> <laughs> but you found him, right. It's well, like, we need to find this guy. I mean, he, he, right? I mean, he's in the neighborhood and we use that. Yes, but I, I'm sure you remember the, I forget what the app is called, the neighborhood the app. Next door app. Next, think. the next door app. Mm -hmm. Christine said, I need a favor and I don't know how you're going to go about it, but I, I have faith that you will figure this out. I need you to find whoever saved Jeff. So I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> yes. let me. And, and then I was like, well, surely, I mean, there were sirens, there were bystanders, Somebody. there were people, you know, mm. I just put a little post and there was a couple comments. And then there was this one comment from Bill that was like, I have some information that you might be interested in. Here's my phone number. Not like, I'm the man who saved his life. Come and find me. But it was just so humble. And so he didn't want any credit. I mean, he really did it. Mm -hmm. He is. He's, he's the most modest. You know, he'll tell you that anybody would have done it. Anybody would have done what he did. I will tell you that the guy that was standing over me when he pulled up to me, he didn't. And we don't know if he really existed. Was he an angel? Was he on parole and didn't want anything to do with the authorities? Like, because he took off as soon as Bill made that. nine. In fact, in the 911 call, you can hear him say, hey, uh, can a little help here? And then he was gone. He didn't even hold Bill's phone. Like, Bill just wanted to, can you at least hold the phone? I don't need to give, you know, oh, you don't need to do the chest compressions. I'll, I'll handle that. But, and he was gone. And I'm not... I'm not picking on him. Um, thank God he, he did stop because maybe Bill wouldn't have seen me. Right. You know? it's those he's, seconds matter. Right. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking him, but I, it goes to show that people, I don't think he's a bad person. I thank God that he stopped, but he didn't act. And I think that's where the, the be like Bill and, 
give you more credit, Colleen, you said you need a mantra. I didn't know that the world needed another bumper sticker. Um, <laughs> and if you remember that, I fought you on that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just going to go about my, my business um, and be thankful, of course. But I'll be, you know, thankful in these four walls under my roof. And you pushed me and you pushed me and you helped me come up with Be Like Bill. And it was genius because Bill is, is um, he's everything in the literal sense of a, of a hero in this situation. But Be Like Bill is a lot. It's bigger than it encompasses so much from acting how we should act as a society to one another. I think I am, I'm fascinated by the statistics when it comes to sudden cardiac arrest and now, of course, now I am just, I, I want to take a picture every time I see an AED and send it to you, but it, it, it occurred to me a few times ago, really, they are in a lot of places, but they're not everywhere. Right. Right? Yeah, they're, um, you know, real quick on that, you know, the, the whole, okay, why did this happen to me? There's a spiritual, and I'll get, I get a little deeper from a gratitude standpoint, but... Um, I, I felt a mission now to um, to give back. I, I think that it would be, um, I think God's plan for me personally, God's plan was to not just slow down, don't take things for granted and, and, and all that stuff that, that trailed this, this event, of course, and that came. But it's also, how can I give back and get a true purpose in, in life. And, and for me personally, it's it's been create awareness and education around sudden cardiac arrest. It's a leading killer in the United States. It, it takes a thousand lives a day. It takes more lives than the top, the pancreatic, breast, colon, and lung cancer combined. And People just are not aware of it. It's a heart attack. Still to this day, someone will say, yeah, I heard that you had a heart attack. And little pride gets in the way and say, nope, it wasn't a heart attack. <laughs> I take good care of myself. But, but, but the real reason is the education around that, that it doesn't discriminate. Right. I mean, I'm a fit 40 at the time, 46, 48 Super year fit, old. you guys. You guys, he's super fit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it doesn't discriminate on age or level of fitness or race or ethnicity or... or, or it, it's the biggest killer of youth sports, uh, of youth athletes right. um, in the country. And so in the 7% seven survival rates have been static for years and years and years, and there's been no uptick. And when somebody acts mm -hmm. and calls 911 and starts CPR, again, I think everybody should learn CPR. But even if you don't, it, sit on their chest, pound up and not anything is better because the CPR just helps the oxygen get to the brain. And that was that was a big question on if I woke up, what was I going to be like? Because how long was I without oxygen? And so right. CPR keeps the oxygen going. It doesn't get the heart going. That's what the AED, but it takes both. The the survival rates are abysmal, but if, if a bystander jumps in an ax and an AED is close by here to your point, you just made that there's not enough of them survival rates skyrocket over 60%. So while sudden cardiac arrest can't be prevented because sometimes things just aren't explained, right. Obviously. survival rates can increase. So I, I do what I can. It's not my day job. It may never be my day job, but I, I speak about it. 
the statistics. Uh, I work with legislatively, you know, the in the state of Indiana because they're not required in Indiana schools. A lot of them have them. Right. And, and, and help really branding be like Bill. Thanks to you. Oh. Branding be like Bill that I can take money from selling T-shirts to buy ADs because while they're not, you know, they're they're the price of a computer. But that's still a lot of money for a church right. or a community center or a boys and girls center. So, you know, to, to, to start doing things to be able to donate ADs. And then lastly on, on my soapbox here... AEDs are not hard to use. I was going to ask you because I've seen Ryan, you me. your Ryan could use it. Right. All you have to do is be able to listen to the instructions. But how many people would take one off the wall and do it? So that's, I think, a reason why that this happened to, to really educate and make people aware of unresponsive and not breathing CPR or 911 CPR, get an AED. But there's not. There's about 3 million AEDs in the U.S. And to get one within three to five minutes of everywhere, it takes about 30 million. So we have a long way to wow. go. So that's my medical soapbox for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I didn't know any of this. Right. I don't know if I would have stopped. I don't, I don't know. I think you would have. I'm, I mean... <clears throat> I don't even know if you have an answer, but I think you've in a roundabout way sort of just said it it might depend on the day. In this case, Bill went a different way out the neighborhood that particular day. But I also think it takes people like you and someone out there listening to hear something that just clicks in a way that inspires bravery beyond just you know, band-aids on a, on a scrape or whatever. But I think I like everything you said. I just, all I could think was like, be not afraid because the AED is so simple. And honestly, I wouldn't want to touch that if I didn't know that ahead of time. And so the more people who know that, I think the better. There's, um, you know, and, and, and be like Bill is, is, um, is bigger than that. I, I don't know that too many of us are going to be faced with an opportunity to save a life. Right. But we have opportunities every day to change a life. Yes. And that's that's where I really like where Be Like Bill is. It's, it's yeah, in a vacuum, that's what he did, be a hero. You know, there there's two years ago, a school up in Northwest Indiana, you know, so my, my push, I mentioned, you know, my legislative efforts to... Um, to um, get AEDs in schools. A middle school in Northwest Indiana, a boy stumbled out of um, gym class and collapsed in a hallway 10 minutes or 10 feet from the AED on the wall was not used. The teacher, there's cameras in the hallway. Kids walked by and they thought, oh, he, these aren't bad people, right? The teacher that was there bending over him not, it's not a bad person. He froze. There's so we need cardi, cardiac emergency response plans as well as the equipment. The equipment Absolutely. doesn't do any good if if right. So I'm meeting with our high school where our boys go to start these plans because they have the machines, but admittedly they said are they trained on them? You know we do fire drills and active shooter drills and, and tornado drills which we should. 
but cardiac arrest events outweigh them 20 to 1 combined. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's, the statistics are staggering. So point is, these aren't bad people that don't stop. Or there's not, they're not bad people that he didn't pull the AED off. It's just in the moment when you see an accident on the side of the road, you know, and it gets scared. We live in such a dangerous, scary society with crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. If somebody ha- is changing a flat tire, do you, do you pull over and stop? I, after all this happened, I don't, it's hard. We live in a scary place in yeah. a litigious society where if we try to help and someone's going to, you know, sue us, you know, McDonald's gets sued for having their coffee too hot, you know, when it spills on, on, on somebody's leg. So, but can you be aware of your surroundings? Can you, can you get out of the comfort zone? Can you, I mean, imagine if we had a, a world full of bills, but it's right. really, it's bigger than that. It's, 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 um, make a difference, change, change a life, whether it's something that Bill had to face that day or, um, you know, Jennifer talking about what he had to face. Jennifer, by the way, is Jeff's oldest and also um, my my nanny. And she's gone to college and I miss her so much. <laughs> um, Jennifer had a lot of guilt on that yelling louder to stop me because 300 yards later, it, it you know, I fell. She She struggled with that. Well, Jennifer, I know you're listening because you are my hero. <laughs> but had you yelled louder and it it might have happened then in front of you I, I honestly this was god's plan and so please let's just like take the guilt and put it on the floor and then leave it there and walk away forever the fact that it would ended how it did you know happily right uh i think she's okay with that but but sure. you know there's a big point here in that christine told her um god doesn't give you anything you can't handle yeah. I'm kind of looking at you when I say this too. <laughs> you well, know, as, yeah. and, and it may not seem like that at the time, but in, and God didn't put that on her. I mm-hmm. collapsed where I was supposed to collapse, when I was supposed to collapse, when I was out of a job so I could really take the right job next time. But God does not give you anything you can't handle. God put that on Bill that day. And he knew that Bill could handle it. Honestly... Bill is a hero in my eyes, too. I know that we will link Jeff's Etsy shop in the blog. It's the Be Like Bill shop in Etsy. And funds from the sales of the t-shirts, which are very similar, basically exactly like one of our gray crew neck tribalin t-shirts that just say Be Like Bill on the front. And there's a little logo on the back. But um, goes toward his efforts in getting AEDs in as many schools as possible. And I think I think you're exactly right. I don't know how this happens, but I know that it will get a lot further with you in the picture. It really is just about the knowledge of, look, here's an AED on the wall and it's actually not a first aid kit. This is for X, Y, and Z. And if kids knew that 1,000 people in the US will die from a sudden cardiac arrest today, they might, they might think, wow, and they might feel more capable and stronger in that moment when uh, something does occur or a friend is on the ground and you don't, I mean, you don't know, but also make that call. Yeah. Make that call, you know, and then 
I guess the, the last thing is the, the gratitude. You know, I, I don't know that I've gone through life taking things for granted, but I think it's human nature to, this is really hard for me to be sharing this story, although you, you know it so well. Why am I lucky? Why am I here? And it doesn't escape me. You know, I've, I've been at speaking events, speaking where um, a father lost a child to cardiac arrest. And then let's introduce Jeff Utzinger, a survivor. And it's like, it's so conflicted. It's so hard. Like, why, why did I, you know, deserve after, after, you know, you and countless other, uh, countless other tragedies. Um, but what can I do with this second chance that I've been given? Because I, I do believe it is a, a pure second chance. We throw that around a lot, you know, a second chance and you foul off a, if you're a baseball player, follow up. You got a second chance at that one. It was a bad pitch, and you found oh, it off. I love when right? that happens. Right, and then yeah, there's a, a grand slam or right. whatever. Um, but in its truest sense, a second chance, and it it is it is this. Um, you know, we we pray. You pray when you need something. You pray when you, regardless on who your God is or or what your faith is. That's not you know the important piece here. But we we pray we to something when we need something when we need to get pulled through and and there's so many tragedies that we're we're faced with but praying for what you have just saying thanks right. for having today because what you have is enough hold on tight and don't ever let it go I, i'm so thankful i i'm doing something at church and just one thing that they said this week that really I've heard it before, but it resonated with me. And and I, I think that I have found my purpose. I know I have. I think I have multiple. I think everybody does. But the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day you, you figured out why. And so, honestly, such a great example um, for, for our kids. And it is a shame that such things have to happen to really open our eyes. I know probably in the early days, your friends didn't want to complain to you and, and things were probably just, you know, let's just keep it light. But, but we are all human and I'm sure you craved the normalcy in the same way that I did when, you know, someone would start complaining and then stop themselves after I lost Shannon, like, no, I'm still here and I want to be there for you. And I know you're that person too. And I just, I just have to share, and I think I, I might have shared this with you before, but when my mom and I were on the phone after I got the call from Christine, which I thought was a butt dial because that's what it usually is, I'm so glad I answered, but like we felt so helpless. Like if if we lose you, what what how will we repay this family with when all you all you did for us and the entire I mean even today, we were um, we're so blessed, and so thank God we did not have to come up with an answer to what would we do for Christine and Jennifer and Jeffrey and George because there's nothing that we could do and no one who could replace you. So um, thank you for sharing with us. And in the beginning of the episode, I asked everybody to just think about: Are you like Bill? Could you be like Bill? And I just want to reiterate what Jeff said, it doesn't have to be saving somebody's life literally. Little, small 
kind, out of your way acts of kindness and just small things, little changes you can make in your attitude toward other people, making less assumptions, just being a better person. Those are all ways that you can be like Bill. Pretty well said. Maybe I should have interviewed you. (laughs) Perfect. Good news is we can always like get the show notes together. But um, please check out the blog. I will link important information. And in the listing for the t-shirt in the shop are some pretty, pretty great little statistics that I was looking at while we were having this conversation. And it's pretty mind blowing. And talk to your kids about this. This is really important. You never know. Like Jeff said, it doesn't discriminate. So make it a great day and be like Bill. Thanks, Colleen. And thanks, Bill. (laughs) Thanks, Bill. We'll see you next time.